And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hi, welcome to the latest edition of WARP in Cincinnati. Paul Dinger Jr. and C. Trent Rosecrans of The Athletic are here with you as we uh, steamroll into the offseason and, you know, just when you think there might not be news, well, there's news. There's news. So we're uh, so here we are. Uh, Trent, how are you doing? I'm okay. You know, we're we're hanging in there. Yeah. Is I think we've had this discussion before. Like that's the toughest answer or question to answer <laughs> these days. Um, yeah. We're fine. We're, we're all still alive. We're all, <laughs> we're all fine. The bar is low, and uh, that's where I had we're a COVID at. test last week. I'm negative. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Take that. We'll take that. Uh, yeah. They I, stabbed my brain. I apparently have one. <laughs> I felt it. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's something else. But the news that came out of the Reds' world uh, was oh, that right the yeah was that the the Reds uh, filled question <laughs> mark the 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 spot vacated by Dick Williams or left vacated I guess yeah I mean <laughs> yeah I mean it's just one of those hey we've worked at newspapers long enough to know that once uh. <laughs> How, how many times have you and I in our career, especially at newspapers, more than anywhere, where they go, oh, you mean this paper still comes out every day if we don't fill that position? Yeah. And 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 then it magically just doesn't get filled. Yeah. I don't know if you've experienced that in the newspaper business. Before. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I, of course, laugh because I know the answer. We all have. We all, yeah. Where suddenly, uh, over a couple of years of that philosophy, a staff of 60 is a staff of... 21 <laughs> and the paper still comes out uh yeah. you know it's like and, and the people in virginia that's all they care about mm-hmm. yep so that's what happened that's kind of what happened here i guess is now yeah now, and i mean now nick crawl basically the biggest difference being nick crawl now reports directly to bob castellini instead of to dick williams right right and i think it probably gets paid a little bit more yeah so which i'm sure he cares about good for nick yeah i'm sure nick and nick's wife care about <laughs> Um, so no, no, that's, that's the biggest thing. I mean, he had the title general manager and it's almost, it's interesting because heck, I wrote that story several years ago when, um, when Dick Williams got the title of general manager, um, that about this whole title inflation thing and people on the outside kind of confused sometimes about, well, who is the general manager? What is the general manager? I think we might see. Some more of these, I don't know if title deflation is the right word, but uh, kind of a a correction in the market of titles where a lot of these GMs will be just the GM. You know, like Billy Bean was still in charge in Oakland. He's not going to be there anymore. They may replace whatever his executive vice president um, title is or whatever it is. And just kind of stick with those. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see that in Chicago with Theo. You know, who knows what are 
It's going to happen. We may have where the GM is kind of traditionally the GM. And I mean, this is all kind of nomenclature thing and really only matters to us who have to write these titles <laughs> and then explain um, <laughs> what they mean. But hey, I'm all for making my job easier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the here's I think the the gut reaction that most people probably have when you hear that and the way that I think you know, we termed it in the beginning with the newspaper analogy. And that is, was this just the cheap way out? Is that just where teams are? And that's, which is this just kind of, you know, the, 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 the cheap way to approach this rather than to try to bring somebody in from the outside who could cost a bunch of money and whatever. It's, it's possible, or it could be heck. I mean, we've been there in the newspaper industry too. Remember when, uh, we lost one sports editor and then the interim one was so much better. Um, I'm not saying Nick Carl's going to be so much better, but you're like, oh, yeah, no, this guy's pretty good. Um, like, hey, you have Dave Ninimitz now. Dave's great. Yeah. He's running things. This is much better. Um, <laughs> y- you never know how these things work. Um, I, I think I don't think the um, the saving money is not part of it. Um, and, and maybe you keep a couple other jobs because by all accounts and from people I've talked to, there's not going to be a whole lot of cutting of jobs and that's rare right now. I mean, there's a lot of places who are doing a lot of cuts and the Reds aren't one of them. And maybe this does help that. And it keeps some of those other people employed because of that. Um, also maybe it's just a vote of confidence in what they've done. This, this, structure this um this front office is done saying okay we like what you've done we're continuing we don't need to change um we'll see we uh do not know how long the leash is um and i mean maybe that's also part of it is there in who knows what it's going to be like in a year and what a new structure is going to have to look like is it going to have to be smaller is it going to can it be bigger do you just punt for a year waiting to see what the quote new normal is after 2021? Because 2021 is going to be seismic and not just uh, the response to uh, Corona virus or COVID-19. And, and you look at uh, what baseball looks like coming out of that. Um, what, uh, what all those things are. So, it's it's possible that there is a reimagination. Also, in 2021, there's a new uh, should be a new hopefully, fingers crossed, a new collective bargaining agreement. I mean, we we just don't know what the landscape's going to look like beyond 2021 yeah. for so many reasons. Yeah, everybody wants to just go year to year at this point, probably <laughs> with everything. I mean, everybody's turning into Trevor Bauer, like uh, you know, maybe we ever, maybe we should oh, just take day to day. Except Trevor Bauer, uh, he knows things um, will be good for him wherever he is <laughs> financially. Because <laughs> yeah, he's uh, and and uh, here's here's the question that probably most people uh, have um, and are maybe don't know when it comes to Nick Crawl, and that is a pretty simple one: who who is Nick Crawl? Where did he come from? What did he do? Well, we figured we just uh, kind of let Nick Crawl tell you that. So uh, here's Nick Crawl kind of giving you the background of who he is. Yeah, I uh, I, I grew up. I, I went to. Uh, I played uh, up through high school. I played uh, in, a, in a semi-pro league in, in the summer, where 
there were some guys that were released released from professional teams, and then uh, uh, guys like me that were schlubbing along, uh, just trying to keep playing in the summers. Um, I caught, uh, I mostly caught uh, everywhere I went. Um, I mean, for me, I, I love to do it. It was, you know, you get to work with the pitchers, you got to also hit, you get to be a part of the entire game, um, and uh, I really enjoyed it. I coached, um, I coached as well uh, while I was doing that, and that was in, in during the summers in college. Um, I coached the Legion team. I uh, helped out uh, when I went to LSU. Uh, I tried to walk on, <clears throat> and I didn't get a chance to. Uh, excuse me, I didn't get a chance to play. Um, it was it was a great experience for me, um, with regards to uh, like being around a team that was in my senior year won the national championship. Um, but I end up not uh, not being able to uh, play. I, I wasn't good enough, and and uh, but I got the coach. I got the coach. The uh, uh, with the university high, um, uh, sixth, seventh, and eighth grade teams. I got to coach with the, uh, with the high school team a little bit, um, just help out and learn. And, and, uh, those were great experiences. And then after that, um, I worked for the New Jersey Cardinals, uh, uh, the, right after I graduated from college, I, I went and worked there. I worked in the business side, um, to defunct team in the, uh, uh, in the New York Penn league. Um, it was it was an unbelievable experience. I think when I started, we had six full time staff and uh, and fifteen interns, and at the by the end of the summer, we had five full time staff and three interns. So you got you got to uh, you got to work with with uh, every department in, in business. Um, obviously, they they don't do baseball as much in the minor leagues. It's all about the business side. I got to work with merchandising. I ran the game day staff. I worked in um, uh, I worked with the, with the media relations. I worked, uh, sold some outfield fence signs, uh, power washed the stadium, and sold some merchandise. So um, it was it was a great experience. Uh, you know that you learn a lot about the business aspect of of, of running a, of running a baseball team. Um, but I knew that's not what I wanted to do. Um, then I worked uh, the next year. I took a job in the clubhouse as a clubhouse manager in Visalia, which is uh, in the Cali. Um, you know, as a clubhouse manager, you got to travel all through the through the uh, through the league. <laughs> It helped me figure out, you know, what a minor league player was was going through the life of a minor league player and a coach. I thought that was uh, great. And then uh, the next year, um, I, I, or that winter, I worked in the uh, on the grounds crew um, at, uh, at at Phoenix Muni um, uh, for the A's affiliate because that's where we were with Visalia. And uh, you know, I, I had a lot of people that I worked with that, that helped me out, that vouched for me because uh, they knew I wanted to get into baseball operations, and I was uh, able to take an internship in baseball ops uh, in, in Oakland. And, and um, you know, they, they uh, we, we didn't get paid very much; got paid five hundred bucks for the whole summer um, back then. Um, so I needed to actually make some money. So I was uh, I, I was able to uh, work on the grounds or uh, work on the grounds crew in spring training, and then uh, work in the clubhouse and as the bat boy uh, during the season. So. It, it was, you know, I had a lot of great experiences before I got to get, got to Cincinnati and, uh, you know, they, they you know, you still may have a lot of friends and, and, um, uh, that have really helped me along the way, whether it's, you know, with, you know, top end people, um, you know, Billy Bean was our GM, Dave Forrest, who's our GM now was, was, uh, one of my direct bosses, um, you know, our, our groundskeeper, you know, you still have a lot of friends with, with a lot of different people. And, and, uh, and it's been great to, uh, um, it's been great to, to watch those friendships over the years. I was joking, um, in St. Louis this summer, um, the, the, the guy who's the traveling secretary, Ernie Moore, 
he was the uh, he was the equipment guy in in uh, New Jersey when I was uh, when I worked there. So I've known him for twenty years. You know, so um, it's it's uh, it's been it's been a lot of fun. I've worked with a lot of great people. Uh, you know, starting with Gene Bennett, who was one, my first mentor here. Um, you know, uh, he was he was unbelievable to me, and we became uh, we were very good friends up until his last days. Jerry Walker, who was here, uh, you know, for a long time until he retired. It's been really great to learn from a lot of great people uh, with this organization, with other organizations, and, and make a lot of friends throughout the year. All right, let's take a quick break before we move on and uh, hear from one of our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Nick's... I, I've known Nick for a long time. Um, so it, I, I think it's kind of interesting. You know, you want to talk about... A lot of the talk was about Dick Williams... And his background when he got the job. And maybe, you know, he's his dad is a part owner, so is his uncle. Um, together they have a large stake of the team and and what it is. Whereas Nick Kroll is a guy who has literally worked on the fields. You know, he's done he was a bat boy in Moneyball. He has worked his way up from a minor league, like, you know, the uh, Arizona Fall League uh uh grounds crew. To run a baseball department. I mean, that's that's pretty damn impressive in itself. Yeah, it is. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had this in kind of the story I talked about with Shogo Akiyama. And he, he touched on that about the Jersey uh, City Cardinals, um, you know, when he was an intern. And I, I, I did that because Rob Fiddler, who's in charge of their, their um, Asian scouting, uh, was or Pacific. I don't know what they call it anymore, but you know, whatever Asia. Uh, so, you know, they were both interns at Jersey city and, and he talked about how it started with how many of you ever full-time staffers and, and all these interns. And at the end, it was just a couple of them. And he and Rob were in trailers by the ballpark. There was like a trailer park right by the 
thing. And, and Rob had the uh, deluxe accommodation that had its own shower, whereas Nick <laughs> saved a couple bucks and showered at the stadium as an intern. Um, you know, you want to talk about earning your way up. Uh, it, there's a great story Rustin Dodd did um, it, at the winter meetings last year, talking about how Nick Crawl was one of those guys that his Christmas present from his parents one year was uh, a, a uh, plane ticket to go to the winter meeting. So he would be that kid in the lobby handing out resumes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I find that fascinating. I did a story from Oakland last year, talking to the clubhouse manager about how much, the, you know, Nick was the hard worker. And he talked about it there. Like, you know, he was an intern for the A's. Uh, the internship paid $500 for the whole summer. I think he said, and uh, living in the Bay area, even in 2002, that's not going to get you very far. <laughs> I mean, no. that's, that's, you can't buy a cardboard box in the Bay area for $500. No. Um, and so, you know, he also worked as a bat boy and did all that. So he'd wear his suit to, um, eight, you know, nine to five and then go in the clubhouse and, and do clubhouse attendance stuff. I mean, this is a guy who has worked his way up and earned a lot of things along the way. And I, I think it's, a uh, you know, the Nick Crawl story, I've written it several times in several ways, and I just find it fascinating. I think it's a, it's a heck of a heck of a story. So, so you know, I think you have to give him a lot of credit for what he's done to get to where he is. Absolutely. I mean, you know, American dream stuff right there. Um, here, here's the question that probably a lot of people from a baseball perspective would have and that I have. And because I think we we often throughout this process have sort of associated Nick Crawl and Dick Williams as like one like transformer person, right? They just kind of pay, yeah, Nick and yeah, Nick. They, yeah. I mean, they're just it, it helps that their name rhymes. Yeah. <laughs> Together, lockstep stuff. Where do you think Nick might differ? How how what what might make him different than what Dick Williams would do, or do we not know that yet? You know, I, I think they are very similar, and that was one of the reasons why Nick was promoted. Um, they they kind of see things similarly. Um, I don't think Nick is as much of a – one of the things that Dick Williams did really well is he sold, you know, what they were doing and um, and communicated it well. He, he, he came from that business background. You know, I remember this – the um, sitting there when they're when he took over and he had you know a PowerPoint that he took me through that he gave to the investors and what they were trying to do. Whereas Nick's one of those guys who explains things um much differently, and and it's it's almost not like you're being sold as much as he is telling you. Um, you know, he, he explains things really well, and it's a very matter-of-fact and short short way. And, and I don't mean that as, as a pejorative, but he can kind of get you to the logic. And, and so I've talked to, to, to Nick many, many times on many of these moves and said, hey, explain this to me. And he's very good about it. It's just not as flashy. And not as um, it's it's just a different way of communicating, and um, but but I think you know when you talk to him, he's very in line with so much of what's going on. You know, he he has a scouting background. You know, his we heard him talk about Jerry Walker and 
those guys that are his, some of his great mentors and Gene Bennett. And it's, those are guys that he has looked up to, but he's also, I mean, heck he was an intern in the front office for Moneyball. Yeah. Like he was there. Um, he has that kind of appreciation. He and Sam Grossman have worked really well a lot, you know, and Sam's a guy again, who has worked his way up. Um, to be in these, this position is, you know, now he's going to be there. But he will also lean on, you know, Buddy Bell's still there. Um, we shall see. There's there's some other guys that he can lean on and talk to. Um, I don't think it's a, it's a pure, I don't know. You know, you talk about all this time and, and, and so much of this is narrative about analytics versus scouting. And, and, like, I think that kind of went away a long time ago. Um that's too simplistic to say it's one or the other. All this is a marriage. And, you know, we've seen a lot of cuts across baseball. You know, I I think the Yankees were somewhere around a hundred people on both baseball and, and and business side. Uh, The Cubs have cut a lot of people, the Phillies, um, the Orioles, uh, you know, maybe they're not doing that. We'll see. Uh, They've built up, you know, you know, they've built up this department, their minor league pitching side. And who knows if we will ever get to see what they envisioned. Um, because will we have a minor league season in 2021? Yeah. I, 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 you know, it's, it's almost like so much of what was implemented hasn't had a chance to take hold. And part of this is saying, hey, we believe in the decisions we made last off season because they've made some really big changes last off season that haven't had a chance to take effect um, because of what's going on. So um, maybe this is just saying, Hey, we, we believe what we're doing. We're going to stay the course. And, and there were some really good candidates out there and there will still be really good candidates out there. So, you know, for now, in a time of uncertainty, there is a little, a little bit of certainty to say, this is where we are. This is where we stand. The, the interesting thing um, in talking about, okay, uh, you know, Dick Williams was, was more of a he would sell it and, and all of that stuff. I there was a need to sell it. I mean, you 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 yes. had to deep sell what they were trying to do uh, over a three four year period to a fan base that was only going to see losses and and you needed that. Whereas now, I don't really think that matters. I mean, I think. You know, you're you're in a position. You just need the results. Now. Yeah, I mean, you've put yourself in a position where it's 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 not it's not a sell job. Uh, I think because you can't sell. You, yeah, the only thing you can sell is wins because everybody knows where you are and who you are and who the players are on this team, and 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 that you're not in a rebuild anymore. Um, at least you better hope not. And so, I, I think it, in that respect, I think it's a it's a good fit and and part of this the smooth transition that that maybe you would expect here um who you were talking about people to lean on i mean who else in the in the building do you think would be you know involved because i mean you know you've got a lot of different people who who want i mean is this does this put bob castellini more involved you know i mean or does this i I don't know i mean i'm just trying that dynamic because we're all talking about you know Top floor dynamics, right? Like that's what all this is. Yeah. So, like, what, what what does that this mean for that? That's a good question. Um, or maybe Phil Castellini. Yeah, you know, um, there, there there is 
a lot of that out there. Um, there's, you know, and, 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 you know, just kind of look at the org chart, you know, Walt Jockety's still around. Um, you know, Sam Grossman, Buddy Bell, uh, Chris Buckley, you know, Jeff Grappe, these guys who have been around, um, Rob Coughlin, uh, you know, Cam Bonifay is retired. I'm going through some of, uh, kind of the, um, the, uh, the media guide and all that, but there's, there's a lot of guys that have been around, you know, Sean Pender, Eric Lee on the minor league side have guys that they, they believe in and that they like, and that are kind of pushing things in the direction that they hope to go to. Um, so, and, and, and really David Bell as well. Yeah. You know, he's been a big part of this. Um, so there, there's a lot of people there that are really the same that maybe they just, their voice is maybe a tad bit louder. Um, and it'll be interesting. And a lot of that sometimes, you know, uh, doesn't depend on your title as much as whose ear you have. Mm-hmm. And in the end, it's the big boss who matters. Yeah. And that hasn't changed. And that hasn't changed and that won't change as long as the big boss is the big right. boss. Uh, and and so yeah, I, I find it interesting. I guess the question that a lot of people would have that is the big question of the entire offseason is, you know, Trevor Bauer um, as far as players go and the big move that needs to be made or that everyone will be tracking. Um, I, you know, Nick kind of addressed that. So we'll give him a chance to answer that for you. So here's Nick Crawl on the the elephant in the room that is uh, Trevor Bauer. I think that's that's a tremendous help. I mean, uh, Trevor Trevor's a guy that that is is outspoken. I, I've gotten to know him over the last year and a half. I really like Trevor personally um, and everything he's brought. He's brought, um, and I think that some people look at him and say, "Oh, from the outside looking in, you, you've got a guy that oh, he's he's a district. he was great for our club. He really was." Um, he was, he was, it was great to see his thought process on, on how he wanted to get better and, and, and where he, where he could uh, maximize his skills. Um, it's also, it was also great to see how he gelled with our coaching staff um, and, and, and our players in our clubhouse as well to, uh, you know, to, to, you know, progress and, and help other people progress. Um, you know, over the last couple of years, we've had, uh, we've, we've had a handful of guys come in and, and not a lot, like, he's probably the, like the one guy I'm just looking at my board right now. Um, he's probably the one guy that's come in with, with a great track record and continued to, uh, progress in that track record. But from a pitching standpoint, our pitching coaches have done a great job in, in, in helping guys, um, move forward. So I think that, uh, whoever we put in will, will, I think our guys can do a good job with and, and, uh, and maximize their skill set. Now, look, do you want to, do you want to have a Trevor Bauer back? Of course you do. I mean, he's, he's a top front end rotation that in my opinion should win the Cy Young this year. So, um, you know, I think that's, uh, that you'd love to try to get him back if, 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 it, if there's any way possible. Let's stop real quick and uh, take a quick break. 
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. If you're as obsessed with basketball as I am, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Hey guys, this is JJ Redick. Twice a week, I'm cooking up something special for basketball junkies on my podcast, The Old Man and the Three. I bring on guests in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, like Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash. Or Paulo Bencaro on his shooting workouts with Kevin Durant. Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron when they were teammates in Miami. But it's not just about the player interviews. Every Monday, I break down the top three things happening around the NBA without the outlandish takes. Often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler, we dive deep into topics like rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? The Old Man of the Three is the only companion podcast you'll need during the playoffs this year. Be sure to listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. So it's, I mean, I think that's kind of a, a, a little bit of a more of the same of what we've heard. I mean, everyone's just kind of sitting and waiting, and it's going to be a really weird offseason, so there's going to be a lot of sitting and waiting, I would think. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to be... You know, Trevor Bauer is maybe the one guy who who won't have to sit and wait. I think for the high level guys, and really is that that's Bauer, JT, Real, Muto. Those guys, things might not be that different. You know, we saw that maybe a little early preview with that with Mookie Betts, with what they were able to do, um, the Dodgers with that long extension. You know, that's a possibility. You know, maybe there will be some money for those very, very top guys. And Trevor Bauer, make no mistake, is a very top guy on the pitching side. So we'll see. Other than that, it's going to take a long time. What what you're seeing is the stratification of the very elite free agent class. And then, you know, it used to be like, oh, we talked about the shrinking middle class. We're going to talk about the shrinking everything other than the top tier guys and, and maybe as much as two or three. I mean, we're going to have to see the Reds will off make a qualifying offer. They're going to do that um, because they should, you know, it's, you're not going to see a lot of qualifying offers because at this point people would take them. Yeah. You know, uh, I, it's, it's going to be tough to see guys get 18, 19 million on the open market right now. Um, and we saw something kind of go towards that last off season, Nick Castellanos and some of these other guys um, not getting that kind of money. And um, this year they're really not just because, I mean, nobody knows if you're going to have fans next year. Mm -hmm. Nobody knows how many games you're going to play next year. They have a 162 game season uh, scheduled out, but who knows if you're going to be able to do that? Who knows if you're going to have, you know, rookies that you can count on. I mean, Jose Garcia, how much, you know, going into normal 2020, he was like, you know what? I think he could be ready in 2021. And now he's made his big league debut and you maybe feel less secure. You know, you know, you have less certainty that he can be ready for 2021 because he missed an entire year of development. 
and he was forced into something that, that may not have been best for his development. Um, you know, going from a ball to big league pitching, <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. You know, I, I know a lot of people talk about the biggest jump being from a ball to double a, and that is maybe the hardest jump in baseball. Well, he skipped double a and triple a altogether. <laughs> You asked him to do something nigh on impossible. So that's going to hurt. And if you don't have a full minor league season, which I don't know that anybody expects a full minor league season in 2021, that's going to hurt. You're going to be feeling this for years to come. So that's a long way away of saying nobody knows anything. And when you don't know what's going to happen long term, you're not going to commit a lot of money long term. So the and and you're not going to do it quickly. I I can't imagine other than maybe a handful of guys much action going in, on the on the hot stove until after the new year, if that. Yeah. I mean, we we'll be lucky if we see some hot stove action in in, in January. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be wild to watch. I mean, really, it's you know, for a while it's really just going to be the Trevor Bauer chip sitting out there cuz it's you know, that's the one that you could see happening early and then everything else will will happen late. Yeah, and if that's that. going to be not just for the Reds, but for everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cuz Trevor Bauer's and JT Real Muto are the two guys. Yeah. Reds fans want them both. Yeah. They should. <laughs> they should. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Wouldn't that be something? Uh, that'd be a hell of an enchilada. It's a, <laughs> it's a lot to eat. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, so for for that fact, um, we'll kind of be on a WARP on call for you uh, if something were to pop off for for a while. Now this will kind of be our last of our regular episodes as the Reds have you know filled in and tied a bow around the the big postseason news uh of Dick Williams and Nick Crawl and now we're just going to sit around and and wait and I guess some people are going to watch uh Trevor Bauer's Twitter feed regularly uh or maybe which I mean <laughs> and there was something actually you should also if you're if you're doing that you should also follow Rachel Luba as his um his agent and she tweeted out something about like oh yeah I know Trevor said something in the past about only one year deals but we're open to anything. Yeah. Which you should be. Like, oh wait, you want to give me 30 million or you want to give me 300 million? <laughs> hmm. I might listen to 300 million. Yeah, I could take you 300 know? million. I could find a place yeah. for it. Uh I mean, <laughs> but who knows exactly what they're going to do cuz you know, Trevor, if there's one consistency in Trevor Bauer's career, it is he listens to himself and his own um, instincts and and what he has what he thinks is right even if others don't and you know that's part of who he is and why he's been successful so give him a lot of credit so the conventional wisdom doesn't always apply with Trevor Bauer so y- you know almost everything's on the table and hey more power to him here's here's one would you commit multiple years to Trevor Bauer Let's say three. So hard. I would. I mean, I, I three for what ninety? Three for seventy-five, eighty, ninety. I think it would have to be ninety, right? At least. Um, it might even have to be a hundred. Um, or would you rather keep going year to year with Trevor? I mean, of course, you'd rather go year to year. Yeah. 
But if you can get that certainty, you know, the one thing is when we talked about all that culture development, that kind of thing, what the Reds have built, Trevor Bauer fits right in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if, and I think Trevor would be the first person to say this. If you look at Trevor Bauer's career, you can't often say he fits right in. And, and even his, his life, he's talked about that plenty. There's not a lot of places where he is fit right in. He did in Cleveland with the other pitchers. Um, you know, but there were also other things with, with Francona and others that, you know, they learned to live with and they were fine. But I don't know that he fit in, has fit in anywhere like he has with the Reds. And part of that is, you know, Derek Johnson makes people feel fit in everywhere. David Bell kind of does the same. But you know, Kyle Bodie, the front office and what they've emphasized, really, you know, the hiring of Kyle Kyle. Body and some of these other guys is the Reds saying to Trevor Bauer is like, "Hey, we believe what you believe." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the- and he has gotten you know from high school to college to Arizona where he wasn't very there very long, and even to an extent sometimes in Cleveland. Um, except Cleveland, <laughs> listen, Cleveland shouldn't change their thinking for anybody because <laughs> nobody has proven that they can develop pitchers <laughs> like the Cleveland, um, like Cleveland. So. But yeah, I mean, he fits in and who knows how important that is to him. You know, when 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 you haven't and you're used to it, maybe you don't give a shit. Yep. Yeah, I I find it I I'll find that really interesting to to see how that plays out and and uh you know what the length is in that that you know, if the if the Reds would be willing to go into a multi-year and and what that looks like to them, but uh yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's the biggest question of the offseason. So when something starts to move, on that note, we will uh, be here for you. Uh, we'll 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 send out the uh, the the bat signal, I guess. Sound the alarm. About a month, we'll probably have the Cy Young Award. Yes, so that's true. If news happens, and, we're and, here for you. I mean, it's pretty amazing that the Reds may have their first ever Cy Young winner this year. Yeah, it yeah, it really is. And I mean. We'll we'll see how that plays out. I would think you know front runner clubhouse leader in the clubhouse. Yeah, I I mean I would say he's the Vegas leader. Yeah. Um, and and remember those all those votes are in. We have to vote before the postseason begins. So I mean, not that Trevor Bauer did anything to uh, to hurt his <laughs> no. his uh, chances with his postseason performance because he sure was pretty good in postseason. Um, but, uh, you know, that is, uh, that was all done before that. And maybe that's one of those things that you say, maybe it could have helped him. It, it would have helped him, but, um, no, I, 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 I would expect him and I didn't have an MV, I didn't have a Cy Young ballot. So I could say that I didn't do the work that I would do on a Cy Young ballot, but I did some cursory work cause I included him on my MVP ballot. Um, I had an MVP and I looked at the pictures. I looked at that differently. MVP versus Cy Young, um, but he was really, really good, and I think he was the best pitcher in the National League this year. Hard to argue for sure. Uh, we'll so we'll see when all that comes back. We'll be back. Uh, we look forward to uh, doing that. And uh, until then, hope everybody enjoys the off season, enjoys the World Series. Do you have a World Series pick, Trent? I think we're like, uh, you know, you're like obligated to ask a beat writer if they have a World Series pick when the World Series is going on. 
I mean, before game one, I probably would have told you I'm leaning Dodgers. Um, now that they need to win one fewer game because they have won one game, <laughs> I, I will still probably stick with chalk. Yes. Um, you know, it's funny for all this other stuff and talking about things, you had the team with the best record in the American League versus the team with the best record in the National League. Um, so why don't I continue that and stick with the team with the best record? <laughs> team with the best record might be the best team. I might pick them to win. You're, you know, you're, you're, you're bold. You're bold. Bold. bold yeah. yeah. <laughs> hot take. Hot take. You, you know me. Nothing I love more than a hot take. Oh, uh, yeah. The hotter the better. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back as news happens. If you think news is big enough, tweet at us at Trent at Paul Dater Jr., uh, and, and maybe we'll fire one up just for you. But anyway, thanks, everybody, for listening. We will talk to you uh, next time on WARP in Cincinnati. Ooh. Ooh.